This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to the Sky Blues Extra podcast, which is kindly sponsored by Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agents. My name's Tom Ward. I'm joined this evening by David. Evening. Evening, mate. And I'm also joined by Dean. Hey, chaps. Another busy week for the Sky Blues as they hosted Luton at St Andrews on Wednesday and then travelled to Wickham on Saturday. It was another good week for the Sky Blues, picking up four points extending their unbeaten run to seven games. Um, yeah, evening chaps, I um, imagine both feeling quite positive about the, the week's results. Yeah, I mean, it. you can't not, can you? It's fantastic. Mm. Seven unbeaten, um, away win, which we w- have been waiting for, of course, and a good solid draw, which, you know, possibly could have gone either way. Um, but, you know, they're going to be there or thereabouts looting with us and a point is better than getting beat. Yeah, good Good to have another week with four points, Dean. Yep, the Sky Blue train keeps on rolling, doesn't it? I, I don't think we've got much to complain about at the moment. Um, right. Things are going pretty well. You know, it was a big month coming into this month. Yeah. And so far, it's it's going swimmingly well. Uh, was it two wins and, and two draws from those four games in December so far? So, happy days. We can't ask for, for much more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we'll obviously look into the games in slightly more detail, um, starting with the losing game, which obviously wasn't the most exciting of games. But um, Dave, what were the stats like for that one? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much even. Stevens, the same as the result, really, Tom. 51% possession, six shots to their six, 17% shot accuracy, same as uh, Luton, um, 66 pass accuracy, same as Luton, um, 13 attempted crosses versus 24 for them, and 63 duels won uh, versus 57 for them. So it was really, really even. The stats obviously show that as well. Yeah, so yeah, not much to pick between the sides really, but not really many many chances either in the game, was it Dave? No, exactly. It was a, a game that felt that it could have gone either way. There was a few chances, wasn't there? But it just needed someone to pick it up by the scruff of the neck. And mm. unfortunately, that didn't happen, um, which is probably, it is probably a, a, you know, a, a decent view of both sides really that they haven't got those superstars I think I spoke on Twitter really there's not that many teams in the championship that have got that quality you talk about Norwich maybe with maybe Max Ahrens or Pookie someone like Mm. that Bournemouth have got Solanke of course I'm sure there's a few other teams that have got some superstars that can just pick up a game and and win it for you out of nothing but I don't think we've got that really and of course Luton also seem to not really have that as well yeah, so perhaps Nathan Jones' pre-match comments were correct then. Yeah, a little bit. I think it's probably <laughs> a, a big fat slice of humble pie um, <laughs> for a lot of the Sky Blues fans that chomped. Um, I think I sh- I shared ha- um, Hamer, but 
Yeah, it, it was one of those games that needed someone to just grab it by the scruff of the neck and that didn't happen, unfortunately, which is a yeah. shame because I think we'll look back on that fixture and although happy with a point, it may feel like something that we could have got more from. Yeah, definitely. Um, Dean, what did you think when you saw the, the team sheet? I wasn't surprised they kept the same same 11. Um, the, only, the only thing I thought, you know, with so many games coming up, it, it, it was possibly one of those games where you could afford to, to change a few names. I did think Giles might have come into, into the fold, maybe in place of McCallum. Mm. Um, I don't think he would have switched from, from the two up top as well, uh, going against Luton, because they play a solid five at the back and you need two men up there to, to, to deal with that. So uh, I wasn't all too surprised, but, you know, Nothing, nothing surprises me with Matt Robbins these days. Do yeah, you exactly. Yeah, and we'll obviously get onto the to the Wickham um, team in, in a bit, which obviously had a few changes in it. Um, but yeah, there was, it was quite a frantic start to the game, wasn't it, Dave? They Luton didn't sort of let us play our football, really, did they? Yeah, I think that probably shows you why they've achieved the results they have this season. They are obviously in your face and closed us down really, really well and just stopped us from playing and broke it up where where possible. It was a real shame because the game didn't have any sort of fluency at all. Yeah. And therefore it just... it. it it just really sort of in the middle of the park, it just got very bogged down. At times, the midfield got bypassed. We tended to go long quite a lot, and, and so did they. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, it was it was a bit of a strange one, wasn't it? We were sort of trying to go long and direct, but we were, we were also trying to play through the channels, and it didn't quite work, did it really, Dean? No, you can't really mix up both styles of play mm. against a, a flat-back five, to be honest. Um, and uh, you say that, I, I still think we were effective in, in large periods of the game. Um, regardless of if we were playing through the lines or, or going direct. It was just that final ball and that little bit of quality at the end that that, that it needed to, to finish off something uh, or to create something, in fact. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just one of those odd games. You know, both teams sort of cancelled each other out. You know, it wasn't great finishing. Um, you know, we stole the ball from each other quite a lot during the game. Uh, but it's one of those that won't live long in the memory, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the best chances of the half, if not probably the game, actually, to be honest, was uh, was a ball threaded through to Walker by O'Hare and uh, his shot came off the post, Dave. It seems like we hit the woodwork every week. Yeah, and O'Hare played, a, you know, he played really well at times against Luton. And I think he's been a little bit quiet at times this season, not sort of connecting play as well as he perhaps did in the title winning, you know, season. But Walker, I mean, he plays that line absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see once Godden comes back and if we do stick with a two up top for some fixtures and Mark Robbins clearly has shown that he's he's happy to do that, then it'd be very interesting, you know, who plays that on the last man because they both play it so so well um, and Walker's shown that he was unlucky really it was a difficult chance not on his you know greatest of, of feet um, but you know hit the woodwork on target you know possibly a very difficult shot and uh, narrow angle but it just shows that he's really live and I think since Godden has has been out injured he's really stepped up and it's been yeah. it's been a, a really you know the only one of the main glimmer of hope of Godden's injury really is that he's got some match time and he's actually had a chance to show us what he can do he definitely seems to play a lot better in a two up top for me um, especially when he partnered with Biamu and we've seen that in many of the goals but yeah very unlucky um, a, a difficult chance and on his weaker foot and on his weaker side, but um, just shows that he's getting free and, and he's making a chance. And it was really pleasing to see O'Hare slipping through because that's happened a little bit more in, in recent games as well. And that's the O'Hare that we want, running at defenders, scaring them, backing them off and, and playing cute balls through, which he did for Matty Godden so many times in, in the former season. I think yeah. you make a really good point there in regards to when, when him and Godden are back. Now, if them, if them two play up top together, they're going to cause absolute chaos. Absolute mm. chaos. Yeah, because they, they're both be on the switch, shoulder. They? So yeah, be, both... they can both do both really well. Heading exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we can we can go back to sort of more of a passing game. You know, bring them into play a bit more. They're both really, really talented footballers with the ball at their feet too. Yeah, he holds it up really well, Walker. Now, if we get if we get Goddard back, let's let's hope hope in January, as as they're saying, we're going going up against some sides that. You know, are very, very dodgy at the back. You, you're Nottingham Forest, your Birmingham's, uh, your Cardiff. Reading weren't very good at the back when we played them. So if we have them two in our, in full flow come come January, I mean, there are signs there that you know it could work really, really well. Um, and and fingers crossed that that does that does come to be in January. 
Yeah. Well, we won't dwell on the Luton game for too long, um, but I'll get a man of the match from both of you. Go, go to you first, Dave. Yeah, it was a really difficult one to pick, wasn't it, really? Because it was a game of, of not a lot, to be honest. So it, it, it's it, for me, it's very difficult. But I think um, Walker played you know, really well. I think he um, held it up when he could. He, you know, he, he'd done a lot of running. He'd done a lot of the hard yards. And I think probably just, just for that, he probably just edged it for me. Yeah. What about you, Dean? I think it was a tale of the defences. I mean, if you look at the ratings on, on both sides, it's pretty much the defences on top. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go for, for Leo Ostergaard. I thought he was, he was really, really strong when any sort of aerial threat was coming in. I think he got James Mark James Collins out of the game for a good 45, 50 minutes of of the match. Um, and again, he was a threat when we did have any sort of set piece at the top end of the pitch. So, yeah, I'm going to go for, for Leo Ostergaard. Yeah. And Dave, overall, were you sort of happy with the point? I suppose it's one of those, isn't it? If you can't win it, you just, you just you know, try your best not to lose it and, and just move on with the, the one point. Well, wow, it's just so important, isn't it? In this league, especially playing against the, the teams that are going to be around you, would imagine Luton will start to slip back in those positions and, and nearer the relegation zone than they are at the, the you know the playoffs and the promotion. So, yeah, exactly. If you're not going to win, then you know don't lose. But at home, I think we've got a really good defensive record. I just would have liked to have seen us offer a little bit more, and it just looked that no team was really at the races. It took a little while to get going. There was some early pressure, I think, from Luton, but it never really sparked and the game never really had moments that allowed it to really kick off, I think. And that's a shame because it's one of those fixtures that I think both teams will look back on at the end of the season and say, if just one of us could have conjured up a a few decent chances, then it was completely there for the taking. But it, it, yeah, it wasn't one for the um, neutrals, that's for sure. And uh, it it won't, won't live long in the memory, but we'll take a point. It's most important to keep them. And when you, you know, amalgamate them with the rest of the results we've had in, you know, the late part of November, early December, then it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, exactly. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Um, and then we'll we'll move on to the, the Wickham game. Obviously, the Sky Blues travelled to Wickham on Saturday. Um, and yeah, what were the stats for this one, Dave? Yeah, obviously, it, it, was, it was a very um, open fixture, I think. And uh, Wickham, you know, obviously... They had a lot of possession at, at times, but actually we had 58%, um, nine shots versus 11, uh, 30, uh, 33% shot accuracy versus their 27, 76 duels won versus their 60. I think that probably was the, the tale of the game, really, that we were just very tenacious in, in the middle of the park and we did break the ball down and, and, and you know win the ball a lot. Interestingly enough, the action zones was 24% in the home third and 35% in the away um, obviously the middle of the park getting the most percentage there and interesting enough we broke down the right side 46% of the time 32% of the time down the left hand side and just 20 odd percent through the middle whereas Wickham were just heavily heavily on the right hand side which um, probably shows why McCallum was sort of dead on his feet towards the end of the game yeah it's actually fairly fairly even on the stats then really yeah, yeah, it was. And um, I think we had a little bit more than the possession of, of them, but they, they did have quite a lot of chances. And, you know, I won't go into all of the corners and shots, but yeah, they had 11, we had nine corners. There was, it felt like there was one every other, yeah. every other minute. So it, it was quite end-to-end stuff. And that's probably showed that why we were holding on at the end. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and in terms of the team selection, Dean, that sort of uh, raised a few eyebrows, didn't it? It did. It got a little bit heated in our Skybiz yeah. group chat as well um, when we saw them. Yeah, I, I, my only thing is, Robins, obviously we heard after the game that players were leggy, etc. So there were going to be changes. That was guaranteed. But I question the changes he actually made. Now, I, I thought he would go back to one up top just because we were so effective against Wickham last year with that one man up top and having the two runners off, off behind. But we're a different side to that of last year, you know. Yeah. There was there was three mainstays of that team, especially in that game, that we don't have anymore. Um, Godden obviously injured. Westbrook was brilliant that day, and so was so was Leon Walsh, and they weren't available. So I question whether Mark Robbins is thinking, 
I'm going to go into this game with the exact same carbon copy as last year's game plan, and hopefully it works out. But it wasn't. It was never going to be that way, you know. No. Rick Mara changed side as well, you know. They've they've made a few changes to to suit this league. Um, they don't. They're not that obvious. We, you could see the first half they weren't as direct as they normally are. Um, so you know they've they've altered their play, and I I just question a couple of a couple of the performances from from previous games and how they've been managed to be selected for this game. I mean, Shipley hasn't played well at all this season. Um. I was I was very surprised Giles weren't brought in, or maybe Allen in in that role. If you're going to play sort of intricate passing and have that hurried style, then you need someone who's going to run a lot. And, and Shipley hasn't done that this year so far, so I do question that. Um, and obviously, Sheaf was brought back in, um, and we have question marks whether Sheaf and Kelly could play together. We've yeah. question marked that in the past. So um, yeah, that that was that was um, that was confusing to me actually. But obviously, the thinking is Hammer, obviously on a yellow card away, yeah. one yellow away from, from suspension. So um, I applaud Robbins for doing that. It was brave and it paid off eventually. Yeah, exactly. Would you agree with that assessment, Dave? Uh, let's be honest, lads. Wickham are a league one side. If not, if not right at the moment next year, I'm pretty almost adamant they will be. And I think Robbins went into the game thinking that they're exactly that and that he was confident of the team that he selected would be able to to bypass Wickham with, with some ease. Um, I'm not saying he you know, underestimated them and they did show quite a lot, but I would say that you know the fan aspect probably played a huge part for Wickham this weekend and, and has done um, even in, in other fixtures when they played last week, you know, even though they got beat. Um, I think that's a, a big, big plus for, for, for Wickham and teams that are able to get fans in because I think it's going to make life a lot difficult but Shipley for me I think that's you know I completely understand why he started he's a solid solid you know um, player in League One he was last season and I think that Robbins knew that um, Hamer was away you know one booking away from a a suspension and and he wanted to save that I understand the Giles debate I just don't think that Robbins really fancies him in that sort of in that sort of advanced role Um, he has played him there obviously of course um he was the he best player on the pitch at the two games he's played there. So yeah, far. I just, I just don't think Robbins fancies him. I can't. T- t- there's no rhyme or reason. I just, for some reason, he just doesn't fancy him that advanced up the pitch. And Allen obviously seems to have fallen massively out of favour. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shipley's a solid player. I think he's both defensively minded. He's quick going forward. He gives you that natural left-sided balance. I know Giles would as well. But you know, he's a solid, solid player. And and I know he hasn't had the best of seasons so far. But I think he's more than good enough to take on Wickham. And I think with the headache that Robbins had with potential suspensions um, for for Hamer, that's why Shipley came in. And it's such a shame, I think, to see him go off early doors. It to me, it could be. Uh, one or both hopefully it was more injury based than tactical but at the same time you can't disagree that the you know substitution have a, had a massive impact yeah definitely um something that was new on saturday was the the kit obviously the skybies wore our, our new third kit um it looked very nice out on the pitch didn't it dean yeah really really smart um Obviously, it was missing that little bit on the back, though, wasn't it? Was that something? Yeah, to do, I did notice that. Yeah. Was that something to do with with the, the league getting involved sure. or something? I don't know, but yeah, yeah it looked really, really nice, um, and it's really well fitting as well. I, I do love a, a well fitting shirt, you know. Um, so yeah, it was really, really nice to see, um, and it's great that we've implemented the the city of culture into that kit. Yeah. I know we're not playing at home, um, so there is a question mark over that, but um, yeah, it's 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 nice to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then just looking at the game itself, um, quite a sort of scrappy first half, really, wasn't it, Dave? We we weren't really at our best, I would say. We just looked like we had the world on our shoulders. It mm. was incredible. You know, I know that it felt like a big game because of where they'll be at the end, come the end of the season and the pressure of an away win when perhaps what had happened in the season before, you know, giving them an absolute drubbing at their place, we were probably expected to do it again. But we just looked like we were playing with so much pressure. Uh, we couldn't keep the ball. We were five-yard passes were going astray. It was very scrappy. We, we obviously were playing quite long at times. And it was just, yeah, it was a real shame because I, I wanted to go, us to go and see that us totally play them off the park but I think we got sort of sucked into their type of game actually early doors and um, that made it a lot you know very scrappy first half 
Yeah, definitely. Um, and obviously, we mentioned that that early change uh, bringing on Hamer for Shipley obviously made a huge difference. Um, do you think Hamer should have just started the game, Dean? Um, it's 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 an odd one, isn't it? Because he's, he's you take if you if you time to stop tackling and stop being aggressive, and you take away you know, nearly sixty percent of his game, that that's that's in his locker. Um, so you are always running the risk, I suppose, of of him picking up that yellow card, but. Looking back now, he was on the pitch for, what, 62 minutes of the game? And he didn't put a foot wrong and didn't... And he's wised up as well, Dean, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, got, probably... he's got a lot more wiser to, you know, one, how bad the officiating is in the <laughs> championship. But um, he's definitely wised up to that. There was a point that you made on the live where... Um, you know, he chased down, didn't he? And really worked his socks off probably in like the 80th minute, I think. Um, but instead of diving in, he just stood the player up and it just goes to show that he's learning, isn't he, not to go to ground and um, and do these silly little fouls. And that's all credit to the coaching staff because they said they were, they were taught to him early in the season and, you know, it's worked out really well. He's become a better player over time as well, hasn't he? He's just, he's absolutely class. Um, I don't think we can we can praise him enough he, he does all the dirty stuff, but then the technical stuff and the outrageous skill is is just remarkable. Um, unfortunately, I don't think he'll be on our books for a long time. So we have to enjoy him while he's here um, yeah. and utilise him to his best of his ability. Now that's bringing him on um, as, a, as an impact, then then so be it. But I think he's good enough to, to start games. And I think if you tell him, look, you know, this is, this is crucial. You don't pick up a yellow card. Don't do the stupid, stupid tackles. Let the likes of Kelly Sheaf do do all that donkey work as, as such, and you just you just be our player and our ball maker. Um, and I, I think that's shown in the game. He was he was obviously told to have that license to to roam forward, spray those passes around, and it was a brilliant performance when he came on the pitch. Yeah, it's definitely started to dawn on me that we might possibly not get to watch him play live, which would be a which would be a massive shame, wouldn't it, lads? I don't think I don't think we're going to lose him next summer. I don't think that. Think? No, I don't think that's a possibility. If I'm honest, mm. um, I don't think that we're going to want near eight to ten million. I would suspect yeah. um, no championship club is going to come in with an eight to ten million for a guy who's been in there one year. That's just not going to happen, especially next year with potential salary caps coming in. I mean, they're still muted and, and being talked about. So, if that is the case, I think we'll have him for another season. And then, if we don't, you know, make playoffs or, or start pushing up the league or whatever like that. Um, then I, I, I think the the bids will come in, but I think we can. He, he's in our our capable hands for for at least two seasons, at, at least. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Yeah, um, let's talk about the Kelly goal. It was just unbelievable, wasn't it, really, lads? Um, it was a, it was a really good sort of. I don't know if you call it a tackle or a sort of interception, but he really beat beat his man to the ball, and then I just I don't know where that sort of came from. It just just wasn't very. Uh, Liam Kelly was it just absolutely rifled it into the to the bottom corner. Great goal, Dave. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty much ready to you know take a sip of my tea or whatever when he lined up for a shot. I could see it going you know high wide and not at all handsome as a, a commentators would usually say. But it was an absolute unbelievable finish, and it just goes to show you know Kelly is just at the, at the peak of his game at the moment. Yeah. He's confident. He's you know he, he knows the, the difference that he's made in that that squad as well. But it just goes to show that the, the team is as a whole are obviously high on confidence. Taking a shot from that and and actually the stats did show that all of our shots pretty much were outside the box um, uh, this weekend against Wickham. And I, it was just it was just a great you know like you say making the tackle first and then they backed off backed off and they did invite him and it made it even difficult for the keeper because obviously there was two defenders in front of him so he couldn't really see what was going on and it was a well hit shot absolutely you know brilliant laces completely through the ball and keeper had absolutely no chance and the celebration I think that showed that Kelly may have been as puzzled by it all as, as everyone else but yeah. um, he yeah, it, yeah absolutely fantastic and um, you know beautiful technique and it goes to it you know that shows you really why a man perhaps of his age is is absolutely bossing midfields in championship games when he's played hmm. I always find it quite funny when players score who don't often score and they sort of they don't really have a proper celebration yeah they don't know how to do it they? they just sort of run and just don't really know what to do they default <laughs> back to like the, the strikers that they've seen all those years yeah. just the little but- jump in the air or most go for the old Shearer, don't they? Just 
yeah. wheel away with, with an arm up or two arms up. Yeah. You must have been buzzing about that one, Dean. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, your I, room, was it? I, don't, I don't know if, I don't know if you, you can picture it, but do you know the meme where the guy's at the X Factor and his jaw drops and he just starts clapping? Yeah. That that was pretty much me in my <laughs> yeah. living room. Yeah. Um, it was Kelly's just like, no way is he going to, yeah, I've got my, my Liam Kelly pajamas firmly on, button to the top. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, lads, I'm going to make an absolute fortune if he continues um, playing out how he is. It, yeah, let's hope he does. We won't be able to keep him on, on the shelves. Um, but yeah, a, a, a brilliant goal. I mean, he had that flash at goal about two or three minutes before as well, didn't he? And it went past the right-hand side post. I, yeah, I thought, yeah, he, he did, he's, yeah. he's trying to get his eye in here today, Liam Kelly. Fantastic. Yeah, he's up for it, yeah. And then what a great, just a brilliant hit. And uh, I mean, I like Gareth Ainsworth, don't get me wrong. I think he's done a brilliant job. But for him to come out after the game and say that first goal is a gift is absolute nonsense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he wouldn't have been doing that in his day, would he? No, I mean, a gift is a tapping, isn't it? Yeah. That's a gift. You know, pass it past the goalkeeper and a guy comes in and you, and you nick it off him and score. That's a gift. A gift is an away win at Wickham, isn't it? Yeah, well, it is for <laughs> us. It's a nice Christmas gift in two years in a row, that's for sure. But, you know, not not a shot from outside the box. No. You got two defenders coming in, uh, coming on to him as well. And he hit, hit it magnificently. He's used one of the defenders as a sort of a guard to to not show where the ball's been hit. Just a brilliant hit. But yeah, absolute nonsense from Gareth Ainsworth. I mean, he said a few things in that post-match report, which is questionable. He must I have had his... He was um, probably frustrated, wasn't he? He probably was. And, you know, he probably he had... Felt his, his side probably deserved something from the game. And, um, you know, there's an argument to say they did. But to try and take that away from... From being killed is is just madness. Obviously, he had his his hair and his eyes when yeah when that was happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's getting ready for the concert, weren't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously Kelly was was carrying a bit of an injury, wasn't he, just before half time? But um, managed to poach a second goal not long after, um, and he still ran off celebrating, even though he was clearly injured. So that was quite a funny one, Dean. Yeah, I thought he was going to revert back to the to the celebration. Um, that he just did, but I don't think he could run as fast. No. Um, but yeah, that's all it needed. It just be in the right position in the box, you know. What a brilliant, brilliant uh, header from Ostergaard again. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, so his headers have been brilliant, haven't they? Yeah, it's a carbon copy, isn't it? Every single time. Ha- uh, Hamer, gets behind it. Hamer floats one in. Ostergaard rises like a salmon out of nowhere. Puts, you know, some players would, would dream to have that much power from their foot, never mind their head. Um, but yeah, it was great to see Jack Grimmer let him d- dive all over him. Little little present from Jack there uh, <laughs> for, for all time's sake. Absolutely awful defending. I thought he had a really bad game, Jack Grimmer. Um, but yeah, brilliant. And, you know, right place, right time. Good finish. Still needed to be finished, lads. And, and yeah. you know, fair play to him. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then- I think he was 800 to one to score two goals, by the way, in, in that game. 800 to one. He was eighty to one for the Still first seems goal. Slim, to be honest, eighty to one, and it was it was ten times that for for two goals. Wow, that's Which seems mean, slim, but then I you can't go much higher than eight hundred. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, we made a change at half time, bringing bringing back Yoko on, obviously for the injured Kelly. Um, what did you make of his performance, Dave? It's a real shame, I think, because um, I I think. Possibly sentimental because of um, you know our podcast that we did with with Backer. I've just got so much love for the guy that you know I just really, really, and I'm sure all Sky Blues fans do will him so much when he he comes on the pitch. But you know he's got to start putting in performances, obviously, to to put his you know put his head above Biamu, Walker, Godden, and and the likes if he wants to try and you know be starting and aiming for starting positions and. I think I think he's putting too much pressure on himself, in my opinion. When he comes on, I think it, just by letting that one go for a corner was just um, it was you know it noted on the the confidence and, and Oggy mentioned that on I follow and I, I totally agree that a confident player would have took a touch, stood his player up, you know, and, and backed him up, shifted it right or left, and and tried to squeeze across him because people were coming into the box and giving him support. Mm. But you know to let it run out. You know, okay for a corner. I know it was late in the game, but 
it just felt to me that it was a player that probably was a bit low on confidence and, and is feeling a bit of pressure now to, to start putting in performances. And I think that he ran around. We know we'll get that from, from Backer, don't get me wrong. And he, he won enough in the air to, to make himself a nuisance. But mm. I think, you know, I think probably even by his own standards, he'd admit that he found it difficult to get into the game. It was a scrappy game at, at times and that didn't lend itself to, to Backer's style of play. But I think... He, he just didn't hold it up how we'd probably want him to. He didn't look that confident in going for goal. And it's a real shame because I think we're all rooting for, for Backer to get some of those performances that we've seen where he closed down as the keeper, he, he'll run into the ground for you. And I just think that they are there, they're in there somewhere. And it, it's it's a shame that we didn't get to see it against you know a team, again, we don't want to keep saying it, but are probably going to be League One come next season. And... I understand Max was possibly saying that he wasn't wasn't keen to go on too early. He's picking up a bit of a knock. It seems like he's got something wrong with his knee. So that's possibly why he went with with Backer instead of Max. Um, but it's just a shame because I think that there are chances for Backer and he is going to get squad rotation chances because it's such a long season and he's got to probably start putting in some improved performances. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Wickham made a fair few changes in the game, um, obviously to try and get back into it. One of those was was Akin Fenua, who we know about. We've you know obviously played against him a lot of times over the last few years. Um, he causes quite quite a few problems, didn't he, Dean? He does, and he's caused us problems in every every division we've faced him, and, yeah. and every team we've faced him. Um, you know, he's made seven substitute appearances this year, and you can tell the game plan with with Akin Fenua. Let's just get the ball up to him get those flick-ons and, and let's see what, what we could create out there. But I, I just think we defend it. I mean, we, me and Dave spoke about this on the live. I think we defend wrong, completely wrong against Akin Fenwa. I would let him trap the ball down and, and turn. If he wants to turn on it from 30 yards out and have a shot on goal, then then fair play to him. I don't think I've ever seen him score or very few goals in, in that position. Let's feed off the second ball. You know, can we defend that other player that's making a run off him? Um, I don't think we did that. Um, uh, he, he bullied us again, you know, to be honest. And that's how the penalty arose. Um, and a big chance at the end of the game, uh, was it for Onya Dimma, who, mm. who went through on goal? Yeah. Um, and that, that came from Akin Fenwar causing issues. And I just think we defend it completely wrong, in, in my opinion. Um, and, it, and it nearly caused us to, to come out of that with, with just a one point. Yeah, definitely. And just talking about that that penalty, you know, we gave away our kind of weekly penalty, didn't we? Yeah, it just seems to happen all the time. Um, talk us through that one, Dave. Yeah, like Dean said, um, I think it came from, and Augie pronounced the, the name interestingly enough, didn't he? Uh, Omnia, Dean, yeah. I think he really sort of had to span out the syllables on that one. But it was, it's just poor. It's just so poor, really, that on the edge of your box, you're just pushing someone over. And it was really just naive and, and, and stupid. And I'm I'm Sheaf's biggest fan, to be honest. I think that he's got so many raw assets to to be a really key player for us in this season and and beyond if we decide to, you know, secure the deal that we've we've been offered once that loan does come to an end. But I, I think this was just plain naivety and it, it's gotta stop. You know, we don't look close to saving one. Um seven penalties now in this season I, I don't know how many games we've played I don't know what we've we're on but it's nearly 50% of the fixtures it's just it's absolutely ludicrous and you can't keep doing that because that you just can't you cannot give yourself these uphill you know uphill climbs and it, it meant for a really really nervy you know last you know um you know, last few minutes of the game. And, and that showed, you know, it probably wasn't offside and it, it looked that we were just so panicky. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sort of hearts and mouths at the the, the, the end there, wasn't it, Dean? And I thought it, it looked pretty close, actually, the offside. It, it did on on first look, but I think looking back, and I've had a couple of opportunities today to look at it, I think he's just offside, just about. Um, yeah. I wasn't too sure yesterday, but sort of looking at lines on grass and, and stuff like that, I mean... We're not helped by the angles we've got, obviously, right. but, um, and the and the linesman only has to look at it once, uh, has the opportunity to look at it once, should I say? Um, but yeah, I think the the right decision was made. Um, it was a great strike from outside the box on on the volley, um, 
And, you know, it's, that's a difficult one for Ben Wilson because he's coming through a crowd of players and he does spill it. Um, he's spilled a couple so far, but, you know, they haven't been too costly. Um, but, yeah, I think you've seen those go go against us, haven't you? You know, the offside yeah. goals that, that aren't offside and, and stuff like that. So, uh, a little bit of luck has, has finally gone our way and, and I think yeah. it, it's deserved over the course of the season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, as, as we said, nervy end of the game, possibly not at our best on the day, but we got the three points. So we've got to be happy with that, haven't you, Dave? Yeah, no, you have. Look, it's three points. It's a first away win. It's against a team that are going to be possibly around where where we are come the end of the season, although we're putting some, some fantastic distance between us and the relegation zone, which is great to see. But it, yeah, it's one of those, you, you know, we weren't probably at our best, but we weren't, I think we just heaped so much pressure on ourselves, especially in that first opening exchanges, that it was a, quite a scrappy game. And if you can come out on top on them, then you're doing everything right. Yeah. And in terms of man of the match, who would you pick, Dean? Uh, captain leader legend uh, Liam <laughs> Kelly yeah but the goals really put us in the driving seat going into that second half and although it was nervy uh, I still think we had enough to to win that match so yeah Liam Kelly for me Dave yeah I mean exactly the same you can't not give it to the guy can you 45 no. minutes of absolute superb and, and brilliance but special mention for Hamer as well taking on that shot from the halfway galvanised oh. the performance with his you know his passing and also his defensive abilities and you know looked like he'd run for a brick wall for you for, for 90 minutes if, if he had to so special mention to him but Liam Curley Curley? Curley? Kelly. <laughs> Liam Curly Kelly fantastic captain fantastic um, and yeah, thoroughly deserves his Man of the Match award. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. We're now going to move on and preview the next two fixtures for the Sky Blues. Um, first up, we uh, we, get, we go to Huddersfield on Wednesday. Um, yeah, it looks like a, quite a tough game this one, Dave. I mean, they're all tough, aren't they? So it, it's one of those that we've got to try and get something out of again. It's a team yeah. that, again, will be there or thereabouts with us and it's just important to go there and give us a give them a game but let's just hope that we can play some football you know we've shown this this season that we belong in the championship and our football and style of players is more than suited to this level than it is perhaps league one and if we can go and do that against Huddersfield then I think we can play through them and I think we can get a result yeah they had a a pretty hefty defeat at the weekend 5-0 against Bournemouth Um, how have they been getting on across the season Dean and and what can we kind of expect from Huddersfield I mean they're a team probably under an immense amount of pressure this season Um, Mm -hmm. they got rid of the Cowley brothers in July and they they guided them away from relegation I mean it was was touch and go uh, at some point last season so um, fair play to the Cowley brothers for, for pulling them away from that but you know they were relieved of their duties and the chairman said his vision for, for their club was a lot different to what the Cowleys believed in. And he, they brought in Carlos Corberon. Um, he's relatively inexperienced in, in the top job. And his task, it quite simply, is to get Huddersfield to, to play attractive football and, and to, to hit the big, the big big time again and the Premier League. You know, it was only a couple of seasons they, they were in the in the Premier League. I, I think think people forget about that. Um, they, they, are, they are struggling. Um, they're a team who rarely deal in draws if I'm honest it's kind of a do or die attitude with them uh, they're hugely possession based they they try to play through the lines a, a bit like us and they will play the sort of same sort of narrow 4-3-3 uh, same narrow 4-3-3 system that most teams play in this division and then utilise the wings when they when they can uh, when they create space um, I think a big thing for them is they get overrun quite a lot in the middle of the park Yeah, a bit like us to be honest um, you know you look at us early in the season, our midfield was pretty much non-existent and Huddersfield have the, the same ten- tendencies to to have that as well. So, you know, I think that's where they get, this game will be won, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. And um, I think they had a, a bit of a clear out, didn't they? They they sold quite a few players on that when they came down with, but also made a, f- a few, few decent signings, haven't they, and spent a little bit of money in the summer? Yeah, uh, much like most teams in the division, and they've got to balance the books somehow, which mm. I quite I find quite odd because they still will still be get gaining the parachute payments as well. Yeah. So their their financial troubles must be pretty pretty high um, if they're still selling their assets to to, re- to recoup some money. 
Um, they sold, you know, three huge players for them in Carl and Grant, Steve Mooney and, and Terence Congolo in the summer. And that recouped around about 21 million, but they only spent 600 grand last mm-hmm. year. And that was on a right back from Espanyol. So, you know, he's inexperienced in this division. Uh, Pipa, I think he's played a, quite a number of games from this this season. Um, they brought in a bit of experience in Danny Warder and Naby Sarr as well. They were on free transfers. Uh, but a, a big thing with Huddersfield at the moment, they are suffering with injuries. Now, Josh Caroma, who I think is 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 absolutely world class. Um, I think he's going to be a really big star. He's a top. He's their top scorer, and he was brought in from non-league. I think towards the end of last season or or the season before. And he's settled into championship really, really well. But he's out for three months, and that's that's a big loss to this side. He scored six goals so far this season and assisted four. So he is a big, big loss um, to the to this to this Huddersfield side. Mm. And obviously, you know, we'll we'll be without one of our star men in in Liam Kelly um, for that game. So, um, Dave, how do you think? Sort of, obviously, Mark Robinson's got some, something to think about there. How do you think he'll he'll line up the team up? Yeah, I mean, just as, um, you know, just mentioned there that uh, Josh Caroma, he he's a class act and Huddersfield are going to really miss him. And I don't really know where a lot of their creativity now is going to come from, to be honest. But Robbins has got to try and, you know, fill this gap, uh, you know, void that, that Kelly will leave. I think Sheaf will, will have, you know, he'll play, of course. He's, he, he'll have to. Um but I think he'll probably go two up top, I'd imagine, and try and I think he'll try and play possession football. And and but it's a very difficult one now without Kelly because he's looks he's made us look so more assured. I think in the fixtures that he's played in, and hopefully that injury is not going to be you know keeping him out for too long. Mm. What do you think, Dean? Yeah, it's a huge loss, Liam Kelly. Um, and we had question marks over Hamer and and Sheaf playing in the same middle two early on in the season. So, you know, hopefully they've they've found their feet a little bit bit more now in the division and they, and they can play together. I'm not sure whether he'll go to up top, if I'm perfectly honest. I think Huddersfield are going to have the majority of possession in this match. Um, and I would I would sacrifice one of those two up top for, for another man in the middle just to help out ha- uh, Hammer and, and Sheaf. I, I, I think we might see uh, Allen in this game. Um, I, I, they they don't deal with with pace and trickery that that well. Um, I think if you look at back of the Bournemouth game on on Saturday, yeah. Stanislas just tore them an absolute new one. His pace, his trickery, um, some of the movement between him um, and the other forward players in that Bournemouth Bournemouth side was was absolutely electric. Solanke had a really really good game as well. Um, so you know, there's there's potential there for us to cause a little bit of danger if we've got a bit bit trickery in there. So maybe let's let's get O'Hare and, and Allen linking back up again. So th- that's that's a potential for me. But it wouldn't surprise me if Matt Robbins just goes two up top and and tries yeah. to shut up shop and and you know get him on the counter. And I'll grab a score prediction from you both. Go to you first, Dave. I think this is going to be a difficult one and I think probably it's more likely to end up as a bit of a scrappy game. Again, one that no team wants to lose and I think it will be quite um, quite short of chances but I think 1-1 will be the, the result. Hope, hoping for three points but I think 1-1 will probably be more likely. What do you reckon, Dean? Um, you know, good record I say, Andrew. So I, I can't see why we can't come out with with a win. This will be difficult. Um, I see the Sheffield Wednesday game on Saturday even tougher. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason why we can't win this match, to be honest. And you know, winning this match would would get us above Huddersfield in the table. Um, and I mean, you know, Robbins has talked about this twenty points after twenty games. Well, we've we've hit that mark now. Yeah. Um, these are two two freebies to go out and and let's see what we can get but there's no reason why we can't win. So I'm going to go 2-1. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Well, now I'll talk about the Sheffield Wednesday game on, on Saturday. Um, Sky Blues travelled to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, obviously, a bit strange with them. Obviously, they had, a, they had a points deduction at the start of the season, but then that got reduced. So they're obviously down the bottom and a team that have probably have struggled a bit this season, haven't they, Dave? Yeah, no, exactly. And it, it's always an uphill task, isn't it, when you, you're up against a points deduction. But they've clawed it back. They obviously got a, a bit of a stroke of luck with that being reduced. Um, was it reduced to five points, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, just looking at, at their sort of 
their stats this season. Um, five goals from open play, two from set pieces. So, you know, they, they probably are going to be, you know, a possession-ish side, I would say, trying to keep hold of the ball and trying to play through us. I think they try and play the right way from what I've seen from them. But I think they're the masters of their own downfall. And I think that's something that we've got to really capitalise on and, and not, you know, not give them the chance. If they're, if they're going to come and, and play football, then we've got to be on them. And Dean mentioned about Allen, obviously, um, potentially being starting in the, the fixture against Huddersfield. I'd like to see someone like that in this, because I think that we've just got to be really, really busy. And we know they make mistakes and don't keep possession that well. Um, and I think we've got to capitalise on that. Yeah. And they're in pretty poor form, aren't they, Dean? They've, I think they've lost the last three games. They, they lost to Barnsley at the weekend. That's, you know, that's not, not a good result for them, obviously, against the Yorkshire rivals. So possibly the, the, the confidence will be quite down in their camp. Yeah, it's pretty much rock, bock, uh, rock bottom, um, to be honest. Uh, Tony Budis has, hasn't won yet. He, he came back in. I think he's been in charge of six games and he hasn't won. I think they've only scored yeah. two or three goals in mm. in that period as well. So, you know, it's looking desperate for Sheffield Wednesday. And they're, I mean, they're very, very lucky to get six points back from, from that deduction um, with, with that appeal. Um, I think it would have been, you know, the full 12 points had the EFL had the bottle to, to go after the likes of Derby County for the same thing as well. Yeah. Um, mm. That I mean, that's 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 a hugely contentious point um, over their points deduction. So I think they've got away with one, if, if I'm perfectly honest. Uh, but yeah, as as rather than the club, the football team is in is in dire dire straits. Um, you know, they they don't keep the ball. You know, lowest shots per game on average, shots on target per average is the lowest at two point six. It's really really poor, and I I expect a lot more from them. To be honest, you know, they brought in Callum Patterson during the summer, which I thought was a really, really good signing. And it's someone I thought we, we should have looked at ourselves, especially for, for the room and 400 grand. Um, I think he's a really experienced player in the championship. And I thought he would, he would be one that would potentially keep us up. But, you know, alas, we went after Tyler Walker and it's worked out well so far. Um, they, they rely a lot on, on Barry Bannon. I mean, an absolute stalwart of, of the team. And mm. I mean, he's 31 now, um, age is getting the better of him, but he's a guy, much like in the mold of Liam Kelly, that can often dictate how a team plays. Yeah. Um, but he can be done by a bit of pace, a bit of trickery. So like Dave said there, if you've got the likes of Alan O'Hare on top form, they can cause his team problems. And I think a big thing is we're going to be going there with, with the lack of fans. And, and we all know what Hills was like. Yeah, uh, when it when it's full to the rafters, a fantastic supported team. So I think we're going there at a good time. It's just before Christmas as well. Uh, can we come away with there with a good result? I, I can't see. I can't see why not. They they play Forest though, don't they? Which it couldn't have come at a better time. I mean, Forest can't buy a win, can they? So they play Forest Tuesday. So. Yeah. There may be something to come out of that where they have their tails up a little bit because, like we've we've seen Forest this season, and um, you know they they seem to be in complete free fall as well. So it will be interesting to see if they are able to, you know, conjure up some a decent performance against them and then take it on to to us. But like Dean said, there's no reason why we can't compete if not better against you know Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, I think possibly a draw in that in that Forest Sheffield Wednesday game would probably suit us best, wouldn't it? And you know, hopefully, if we can get a win out of one of the two, then we're just sort of building that gap a bit more, aren't we? Yeah, it's all, exactly. it's all about building blocks for us this mm. year. Yeah. That's all it is. You know, if we can pull away and and you know take the pressure off us going into a what will be a tough January, there's no doubt about it, and a tough period between Christmas and New Year. To be honest. Um, you know, these these two games could be absolutely crucial in, in just taking that pressure off, easing that pressure a little bit. Um, and hopefully that will set us up in good stead for, for the rest of the campaign. Yeah. Score prediction for this one, Dave? Yeah, I think I, I think we've got a not got to win, but it's a, a fixture that I, I think Hiddlesbury obviously really difficult place to go. But I think we've got enough talent to to go and cause them some problems. And I'm not sure that they're gonna be 
you know, causing us massive, massive problems. I think defensively, it looks like they usually play one up top. It's usually Windass. I think defensively, we'll have the measure of, of him. McFadzine's been fantastic so far this season. And I definitely think we can go and nick something. I think we'll, um, Walker will be a very tricky customer for them um, playing off that shoulder. And I can definitely see us winning. But yeah, without going around the houses, um, I'm going to go for a 2 0 win. Nice. I would definitely take that. Dean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think this is the tougher game of the two, to be perfectly honest, just because I don't know what sort of Sheffield Wednesday side will turn up. And if they don't beat Forest in the week, it's it's absolutely nailed on for Tony Pulis to, to get his first win against Coventry City. It's just, that's just the way things work uh, and when, when teams call up against us. But, you know, we've got nothing to be afraid of, really. Um, they're awful at defending set pieces, and that's one thing we've got going for us this year. We look absolutely deadly every time we, we've got a set piece, be it a corner, a free kick, or even a throw-in from, from McCallum, who, who's obviously gone to the Aaron Gunnison school of school of throwing um, and has found this absolute rocket from absolute out of nowhere, uh, which is great to see. So that that's another threat. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if we win, but I'm going to go for a 1-1 in this, to be honest. Cool. And yeah, just thinking about the, the, the two games we've got coming up, obviously two games before Christmas. Um, is it a case of, you know, four points from these two would be a good return, do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Without, we're without, without, if, you, if we can take another four points, keep that unbeaten run going, that will take us to, what, nine games unbeaten? Yeah, that's um, pretty impressive. And I, I, I'm not sure my maths are great, but... Was that six, eight points we've already gained in in December so far out of yeah. the four games? We could take another twelve from twelve from six games. That's an absolutely fantastic return, especially when we were absolutely down in the doldrums coming into the month, weren't we? Really, um, sorry, coming out of that international break. So you know, an, another four points would be ecstatic. I'd be absolutely over the moon. Yeah. Would you agree with that, Dave? Yeah, I mean, it's all looking really, really positive, isn't it? We play Huddersfield, who are struggling and, and definitely a game we can get some points from. Sheffield Wednesday, obviously, look completely rock bottom and, you know, beyond any sort of confidence. Obviously, then we take on Stoke. We don't know if fans are going to be in the ground. And then Preston, you know, they've not been, you know, turning up any trees, have they? And and then Millwall, who just look, you know, in the, in the last six games, they're rock bottom of the sort of form table. So... I think really it looks, you know, it looks really promising um, for the Sky Blues, especially over that Christmas period. And you'd have to say that Stoke would be the only fixture that might look a bit difficult. Yeah, I, yeah, completely agree. Definitely uh, plenty of points up for grabs over the next few games. Um, that's all we've got time for this evening, chaps. Thanks a lot for your contributions, as always. Um, and listeners, do check out our partners, Shortland Horn, for the latest properties across Coventry. Also, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our exclusive content and our live match reaction. And as always, if you want to get involved in the conversation on any of our social media channels, just use the hashtag SkyBluesExtraPodcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.